TV Talk with us. Today, we're going to talk about two more of our favorite shows. Uh, the first uh, st- show we're going to talk about is The Crown. Yay! You know, I love your good British show. Yes, this is another one of those British shows we have fallen in love with. In love. Yeah, what this show does, it gives kind of like a historical overview of our British cousins. It just kind of, you know, shows you what the monarchy is like or give you a perspective on it. We don't know how true it is, but it's good enough for us. I love it. I just love the whole inside look behind the scene look at Queen Elizabeth and her family it just it makes them more real to me like real people yeah seeing them going through the, all their struggles and all the things that they do I feel sorry for them but I wouldn't want to live like that now, I ain't gonna go that far I ain't gonna go that far having people kind of come and you know help you get dressed and you know Food always waiting on you cooked and people driving you around. No, I can get used to that. No, I can get used to that. I don't like other people touching my underwear. And I, sometimes I change up what I want to eat. If somebody else done cooked it, you obligated to eat that. Sometimes I'd be like, mm, no, I don't want that. Put that in the refrigerator and get something else. No, but if you the queen, you can tell them what you want. It's not like they come in there and be like, here, queen, eat this. You the queen, you can say, you know what? Uh, I want a ham sandwich today. Or you know what? No, 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 no. I want tuna fish and Lay's potato chip. Well, you the queen. Girl, please. They can't tell her nothing. She didn't want to be queen. Remember when that scene when she and Margaret was trying to switch? She'd be like, look, you can be the queen and, um... I'm going to just sit back here because I don't like none of that stuff. And they was like, excuse me? I know. And that, see, that's the best part of this whole series is it tells the behind-the-scenes action that took place that got her dad to the throne, got her to the throne, and how she's kind of grown into the role of being the queen from the outside mm-hmm. when you see people when you see royals you think they just were born royal you know they were born knowing the things to say the things to do with the smile on their faces knowing how to you know match their clothes together and just be you know basically better than everybody but this series shows that you know the crown is is, is made and handcrafted and it takes many years to get there. And that's what I love about this series is it shows them as real people who you either like or you hate. Because Steve Phillip, her husband, oh, he'd hit the brick a long time ago. Yeah, he's not long. one of my favorite people either. She should have got rid of Philip a long time ago because he ain't number dead weight. Yeah, he just complained about everything, like, bruh, bruh. And wait, and don't do nothing. Nothing. Just nothing. complain and don't do nothing. I'm like, girl, you can do better than him. You can do better. Gina? Drop that zero. Drop Gina. the zero. Gina, all Philip need is a big 
old black truck and a bunch of junk to drive around. <laughs> oh no. Philip wouldn't make it as no junk man. He wouldn't make it as no junk man. He just too dry. He too dry. You gotta have a flair to be a drunk a junk man. Hmm. Philip ain't got no flair. So yeah, him I could do with that. But I have grown to I have grown to love the queen. That's why I call her my auntie. She is my auntie in my head, you know, because she took on a role that she really didn't want. But with a sense of duty and responsibility, she stepped into the role and decided if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it fully, completely, and I'm going to do it right. Doesn't mean she didn't make mistakes. The girlfriend was all in. See, that's the kind of friend you need when you're getting ready to fight. You need somebody like, we're going to die today, but I'm all in. I'm all in. We're going to die together. Yeah. That's, the kind of that's the queen. She all in. Well, she ain't got no choice. It's not like, she, I mean, like I said, I mean, her. The I think the one thing that it does tell us that um, was the story of the Duke. You know, it was really cool starting with how the the Duke of uh, Windsor. Is that the Duke yeah, of Windsor? How he abdicated and what it did to their family and just the devastation behind it and how it just made everybody so unhappy. And it was like, wow. And I guess she is just like totally determined not to let that happen again. She loyal. Loyal to her family. She loyal. The queen has a lot of good characteristics that make you want to like her because she's like, listen, I'm not breaking up my family no more over no woman, over no man, over no foolishness. You know, that's pretty much what she should have told Philip. Listen, you you either going to ride with me or you going you gonna to die. We just going to tell the people you didn't wake up one day. But we're not this domestic family up no more. You know what? See, I think you got this story mixed up with the Godfather. <laughs> well, you know, I always say, I always say the royal family is the original Godfather. Because you know back in the day, they were killing people and stuff. Ooh. It's the original. But listen, do you notice ain't no black people in the past? Nobody. They ain't got, wait a minute. And the one black person who managed to get in there said... I'm going to say now, y'all, and leave women and left the country. But listen, listen, though, listen. I don't know what Megan and Harry and them thought was going to happen. Because when you look back over your shoulder, you don't see nobody look like us in their life. Nobody. And you thought you were going to walk in there and everybody was going to be okay? Oh, I knew they were going to ask food. I knew they were going to ask food. It's just in them. It's just in them to act a fool. And they acted a good fool. But you know what? Like I said, you know what? Deuces. I'm going to check with you on another continent. Yeah. She had to do what was best for her and her family. And I applaud that. I think I'm just old enough and cantankerous enough that I would have stayed my ass there. And I would have gave them a run for their money. I'd have had a press conference as many times as I could. And I'd have told them every time. Kiss my brown butt. There you go. There you go. I'm here. I ain't leaving. I'd invited my folk. We'd had a picnic on the front lawn. We'd pulled out the barbecue pit. We'd had a domino table. Oh, I'd have ran them hot. I'd have ran them hot. You'd have taught them how to play spades. Oh, yeah. We'd have been hitting big sticks on the table. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd have ran them hot, but I understand she had to do what's best for her baby. She didn't want her baby exposed to all that, and there's probably just a lot of craziness going on in that house because as much as I love and adore the royal family, they are the most dysfunctional family I have ever seen. Wow. They are? Oh, girl. Well, you know, one of the things this show has made clear to me and and the way they do it in the show is they show how the monarchy is a character of its own. And they even speak of it about, you know, when they talk about the crown and what the crown expects and what people expect of the crown. It's like it's this thing that lives outside of all of them. And in reality, it does because it moves on even when they they're gone. It is, it is, and that's a, a character that they have created that 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 has now devoured them. Yeah. They have they have put this image out to the public, and now they cannot live up to it because, of course, they're mere mortals. Yep. And they're going to fail every time. And I think that's the stress of it that shows in the episodes is we cannot live up to this perfect image, this this sovereign image. And every time I hear them say, you you know, you're the sovereign, you're the this, I think. No, you're not. There's only one. There's only one. Yep. Who could ever live up to that title? And his name ain't Elizabeth. Ah, okay. You know what? See, that's why Megan left. Because somebody says sovereign and she say we're Jesus. And they say, oh, you got to go. <laughs> you think when Aunt Liz came in there and said, I'm the head of the church, she said, huh, I rebuke you. Say, no, you ain't. Jesus is the head of the church. Glory. Glory. <laughs> but I do love the show. I love the show. I love the episodes. I love the stories. Yeah. You, I love Santa Claus. You know what I loved about the world? It threw me off at first because I wasn't ready for it. How after the after I don't know if it was the second, was it the third season where they switched character actors? Yes. I was yes. like, whoa, wait a minute. Okay. I mean, you know, normally, you know, when people age, they just put some more makeup on them. But these people say, you know what, we're going with a whole new character, a whole new actor. I was like, whoa. And at first, I had to, you know, kind of, you know, I love Olivia Coleman. Oh, I've seen her on some other shows, and she my girl. But I had to warm up to her as being the queen, because I was so used to the other girl who was... Who was the other girl? Oh, Claire. Claire Ford. Yeah. I thought she was amazing. Girl, Claire was the bomb as the queen. But you know what? The way the stories are written, it to me, it just flowed the change. I think on any other series, I would have been like, you know, you know, like they had two ain't bibs and you like that ain't ain't bib. Right. You know, you know, they had two Lionels. That ain't Lionel. You know, you know. But on this one, I don't know. It's something about it. It really flowed, and it and it kept the story fresh because this is Elizabeth in a different age and a different time. Her children are older. She's starting to prep um, Charles for you know to be king. And I just I don't know. I just I like the change in the characters. Like I said, wonderfully written. Mm-hmm. The stories, the th- 
things they are showing us about the family. And again, I, I love them. I think they're my family. they crazy. But I, I just, I claim them. I claim them. Your family crazy too. Girl, I know. And that's why I can relate to Aunt Liz and them. Well, this, this show has won three Golden Globes, 54 other, um, like nominations and awards and 130 nominations and it's uh they said i saw a note that says it's fifth season is going to be its last season oh girl i ain't ready i ain't ready well, I mean, i'm just not ready charles is a young man i mean he's about to get married i mean pretty soon they're gonna be up to you know to now i mean you don't know what's gonna happen yet and i do just man want to send out just you know my hopes and prayers what my, my thoughts and prayers for prince charles because he done got that virus he got corona listen let me tell you something i'm gonna let you in on a secret they got the cure to their Rona at Buckingham Palace. They ain't telling nobody. <laughs> it's down there in the basement. Because they are, I'm telling you, they the original mafia. It's down there. Cousin Charles going to be all right. Chuck going to be fine. He's 71 years old. Girl, he carried that well. He can't, he, he carried 70 well. Well, I mean, he, he don't do. even put on his own clothes. He's, you know, saving some time and some energy. He should have been. See, that's what I'm saying. That's why I would not mind that. I would not mind having somebody home washing, folding my towels, making up my bed, no. dressing, calling me ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. No. I can get used to that. I'm good. I'm good. Well, then don't come visit me when I move into Buckingham Palace. You stay on over here. Mm. <laughs> And our second show that we're going to chat about, was there anything else you needed to say about The Crown? No, I just encourage people to go and watch it because it is like watching history unfold. I love how they weave in current events. Yes, that is And really how, how the family responds to the current events because, again, on this side, we don't see that. Right. And so it, it's great to see how current events affect everybody so i would strongly encourage people who are history buffs especially to go and watch the crown because it's a really really good show yeah and they they do speak about history although some critics have said they haven't been accurate about history but you know sometimes you tell a story because you're telling a story you know there needs to be drama there needs to be points of interest things to keep people going and so sometimes they are not quite as accurate but the story is really well told yeah I agree. I agree. Okay, and so the next show we're going to talk about, and I know you're about to say, but this is, of <laughs> course, one of our favorites, In the Heat of the Night. Child, don't get me started. In the heat of the night. Girl, listen, let me tell you what. The only place I would give up for Buckingham Palace is Sparta, Mississippi. Oh my God, you would go live in Sparta, Mississippi. Girl, listen, let me tell you something. I have watched almost every episode of In the Heat of the Night on TV, okay? Mm-hmm. I feel like Chief and Bubba and Sweet and Virgil, those are my people. Girl, that means people. <laughs> those are my people. 
see right there in Sparta helping Chief solve crimes. You know, he always had a driver. As the series got older, that they dropped him around. I could be driving Chief around. No, Come on, can't. Chief. No, you can't because you'd have to do stuff. <laughs> and you would look at Chief and be like, can we get somebody else to do that? No, girl, me and Chief, we go on down to the bottom. And I'd be saying, hey, the people. And Chief, and Chief be saying, hey, the people. And then we go by Virgil and out this and have a piece of pie and see the twins. And girl, that's my family. I love In the Heat of the Night. Oh, my God. Okay, so In the Heat of the Night was a show that was done from 1988 to 1995 starring Carol O'Connor and Harold Rollins but this move this show was based off of a movie that was originally a motion picture with Sidney Poitier and Rod Steiger and that was done in 1967 and this was like almost a groundbreaking uh, TV uh, motion picture because it told the story of this this African-American police detective who goes through this small southern town, and this was in the 60s, the height of the civil rights movement, and he has this encounter with this police department, and it's just, I mean, it it's more funny in the 80s, in the 90s, in the 80s, because it wasn't funny in the 60s. But even watching it now, you know, even now that they have set the story in, you know, present day, in the 80s or whatever, you still feel the racial tension in Sparta. You know, the original movie, of course, it was like, oh, black man, white man. And let me tell you something. That Ross Steiger, baby, he looked like a card-carrying Ku Klux Klan in that movie. You hear me? Oh, my God. I mean, you felt the tension. But even when they brought it forward, you still felt the tension in that small town. And that I'm telling you, just like in The Crown, when The Crown was its own character, the city of Sparta and Mississippi and the South is a character in this series. You feel it. You see it every time they're driving through the little town. And they have the, the little square, because most little towns have a square. Mm-hmm. And then they have a side of town where black people live and a side of town where white people live. Usually across them railroad tracks. And you go across them railroad tracks and you know you're in a whole different world now. I mean, all of that is part of In the Heat of the Night. And it's, you know, Howard Rollins, who, of course, was well-known and a Broadway star, came and brought this role to life and I think he did a really really good job of showing a a black man from uh, Philadelphia you know he was born and raised in Sparta he really was a man from Philadelphia coming into this small town trying to fight against racial discrimination and all the different things you just encounter as a black man in the South. And I just love the story. When it starts off, there's a lot of friction between him and Keith. Yeah, because they, they they had Carol playing it very gritty, kind of like the Rod Steiger character yes. in the first couple of seasons. Yes. You know, so when it first came out, it's like, okay, Archie Bunker. Because you know, 
that Carol was Orange Barker. Yep. And so you was like, look it, look it, look it. He better leave Virgil alone, you know. So you like picking sides when it first came out. But I love the development of his character to the point to where you like, oh, we love Chief. Hey, Chief. You know, you, you begin to feel like he was on your side. And I think the relationship between him and Virgil did eventually get to the point where they were fighting for the same thing. Yeah, one of the cool things <clears throat> I was reading um, on the wiki page about this show that um, Carol O'Connor really hated the producers those first two seasons. And I mean, he did almost everything in his power to get those people fired. And he did, he got them fired so he could change the show. And I still remember there was this one scene at the end of one season where the chief is kidnapped. And yes. The current sheriff is in the current, you know, police chief is killed. And you're waiting for the next season to start. You're going, Oh my goodness. Especially like if you can binge watch this, y'all. But back then it happened over like three month t- time period. So you could be a little lost. But so chief kidnapped. Sheriff, the current police chief killed. You're wondering what's going on, right? Yep. That next season opened up like it never happened. You like (laughs) Carol O'Connor hated that storyline. He and he took over as executive producer that season, baby. He wrote that. He rewrote that story. They told that. They told the conclusion of that in a few sentences. About six episodes in, <laughs> and yep. he got rid of all them people he didn't like from the cast. And just be like, "Well, what happened to this girl?" Because he had had some white girlfriend. Remember? God. Yeah, Luann Obed, not Luann. I forgot the lady name. Obed the cafe. Yep, gone. Wait a minute. They kept the cafe. Got rid of the woman. You know she had to leave town because he found out she was an old prostitute. Yeah. I told you, I watched In the Heat of the Night, honey. I know In the Heat of the Night. Well, one of the things that had happened back then is that Carol O'Connor had emergency heart surgery. And so he had had to take some time off. But when he came back, he took over. But he did great things. I mean, I watch that show now, and I think about the time period it was written, the storylines that they were written in, and it was just so forward-thinking for its time period. And I mean... You know, Carol probably got, you know, stereotyped or stuck in a point where everybody thought he was prejudiced. But to do such, you know, far-reaching stories that just expand on race and sexism and all kinds of things. I was, I'm very impressed with this story. I think people should watch it and just watch it with different eyes, you know? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. His character evolved from... Klu Klux Klan sheriff in this, or chief in this little town to uh, a man who wanted women on the force and was hiring the first female officer and eventually ended up marrying a black woman Yep. before it was all said and done. But you see, there was an evolution of that as him and Virgil got to know each other and see each other, the good and the bad. And once that trust was developed and that relationship was developed, then it just it just exploded from there, and that's what I that's what I'm saying. I that's like my family because I remember 
Bubba in the beginning. Bubba was a big knucklehead, redneck white boy. With them white socks on. Wearing white socks and black shoes, driving a pickup truck. And and then Bubba evolved to this overthinking, not so much a good old boy. He still had some of that in him, but it's just like he had expanded his thinking and his knowledge about the world. And I think the heat of the night shows us that just injecting that black detective into that police department changed everybody's perspective, not only of the world, but of black people. Right. And I think it also changed Virgil's view of white people having grew up in that town. Yes. Probably during a, a time when black people were only servants and teachers to now see them in a different light. So I, I just think it was groundbreaking in all of those aspects that just bringing the two races together and having one common goal, we're out to fight crime. We have to depend on each other. Yep. Force them all to evolve. And like I said, I just, I, girl, I love the show. I'm telling you, I like our Luann and Sweet and Lonnie and them my people. I sit and watch them shows and I know them. I know how they're going to end, but I sit there and I watch them and I holler and I cheat. You know, Bubba, don't do that. I'm just right there. Know it, Bob. Get them. You know, when, when I hear the music come on, I just go back in time. I just go back in time with them. Down the little spot of Mississippi. Little small town. Miss Tibbs went to work at the school and she was trying to save every kid at that school. But but that small town America, you know, that's that community. We got to take care of each other. You know, my husband's a police detective. I'm a teacher, and we're here. We're a part of this. We are we are Sparta. And so, girl, yes, I love me some in the heat of the night. I watch it over and over and over again. So, yes, my two families, one live across the pond and one live deep in the south. But, you know... I love them both for different reasons. Yeah, right. (laughs) And so that is our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed and we hope you check out In the Heat of the Night and The Crown. Thank y'all for listening to us and we hope you have a good week. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this monthly podcast of TV Talk with the Sisters. The music for this podcast was created by Dave DeBerry.